BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, my fam. Let's do a life catch-up update, etc. solo episode. I'm trying to figure out how to get freaking comfortable in this bitch because everything hurts on my body. I have nothing prepared for today. We're just going to catch up. And it's actually very funny because I've been having this conversation on my Instagram stories where I find it very odd and I don't know the answer as to why this is, but it's kind of confusing to me that I will be anxious on any given Sunday. Is that like the song? Isn't there a song? Whatever. I'll be anxious any fucking day of the week for no good reason. I will create an entirely convoluted storyline. Half the time, I don't even know why I'm anxious. But like the idea of packing up a car to take Charlie to his haircut appointment, like his grooming, and then having to drop off squash at school. And what if our timing, like that kind of shit, okay? So I'll be anxious at night going to sleep thinking about that. Riddle me this. How is it? that I have no anxiety. I mean, not a drop of anxiety in my bone, in my body, not a bone in my body, whatever. When it comes to things like going on live TV, I was on Fox 5 Atlanta. I don't know why I have to say it that way, but I feel I do the other day. And I literally got an email Saturday night while I was at the wedding confirming that I was going on and, you know, what it was gonna kind of focus on and asking me to like prep a dish or something. And it was going to be Monday morning. And so Sunday night, I had to do the drive home from Maine. We get home. I like prep the dish that I just kind of thought of. I was like, okay, I guess this is all I have to do. But Monday morning, it's five minutes until the time that they said I was going to go on. And I text Lucy because this is just where we're so different. And I'm like, isn't it weird that I'm not anxious at all? And I'm about to go on live TV in five minutes. I have no idea the questions they're going to ask me. I don't know how long this segment is even running for. I don't quite know what the exact focus is, but we're just going to wing it. And same thing with giving a speech at Kelly, my cousin's rehearsal dinner, like welcome party. She had asked me like, hey, you know, if you want to give a speech, we're inviting people to speak, whatever. So I was like, yeah, okay, like definitely. And the car ride up was when I was supposed to potentially think out this whole thing. And I will discuss the car ride in a second, but obviously it didn't happen. And then we're there Friday. We're all at lunch. And my mom's like, who's speaking tonight? I was like, oh, fuck. 
I think I am. So I like thought of a few things. I had some bullet points in my brain, but I was like, I'm just going to wing it. And Lucy looked at me like, you're absolutely insane. Actually, what she said to me is, this gives me so much secondhand anxiety and embarrassment to think of you doing this. And I was like, secondhand embarrassment to think of me giving a speech? You little biatch, go hide in the bathroom then. And I just felt nothing. Like I was not afraid at all. And I just don't get it. Like, why does my brain function that way? Where I can just do my thing, not think twice about it, show up like no concerns, but then I'm anxious about the silliest little shit. And someone messaged me being like, this really shines in your solo episodes because when you just talk, it's clear that like this thing kind of comes over you and you're doing what you're meant to do and you just flow. And that's why I brought this all up because I just sat down here. I know I have to record this episode because we need a solo episode for next week, but I have no plans and nothing set. So somehow my brain just goes. And I guess that's the way I function. And my mom, I interviewed my mom yesterday. It'll come out in a few weeks. And we sat down and she's like, okay, what questions do you have for me? And I was like, oh, I have nothing prepared. Like I I asked listeners for questions, but I haven't even gone through them yet. Like I just was going to do that while we were talking at some point. And she's like, you claim to be organized and I know you are, but this is what is like, you're not. And I figured out what it is. It's kind of the same as me not reading like parenting or or pregnancy books during my pregnancy. And the reason I think this is because I am intentional where the way I parent is very intentional. It's not like I don't think about it. Same when it comes to work. Like I'm intentional about what I'm going to share in this episode. I'm intentional about the things I bring up in the conversation with my mom in that recording. I'm intentional about what I'm saying in the speech at my cousin's welcome party. But the influx and overwhelming abundance of information, I think is one of the things that causes me anxiety. And so that's where I just kind of like don't lean into it and instead go the opposite route. And again, all of these examples are things that I feel confident and comfortable doing. Yes, they all kind of revolve around speaking, but also I feel very true to myself in all of these settings. And I think I get anxious where I don't feel true to myself. Oh my God, actually, we can tie this even in. These are literally therapy sessions for me. We can tie this in to a conversation I was having with Joe the other day about friendships and different friendships we have. And, you know, he had spent time with someone where he left and was kind of like, I don't love the way I feel leaving these situations. And we were talking about that and just context and why we feel that way and how we feel so confident in some friendships and other friendships. It's kind of like, why do we put in this time if we're not feeling great leaving? And I gave him not an example, but just something I had been thinking about where when I saw someone like the lead up kind of brought me anxiety because I feel like maybe there's pressure to be someone I'm not where I don't feel confident in the groundwork of the friendship to just fully show up as myself and be loved. Does that make sense? Kind of like I'm trying not to, obviously I respect my own privacy around certain things and like these specific people, but I think that's what it is where I'm like, if I show up authentically as myself, will this person be interested in me? And there are very few times that I feel this way, but I could tell, and Joe even said he could tell that I was like anxious kind of going into this. And that is always 
a flag for me of like, hmm, why do I have anxiety over this? So maybe that's what I should be assessing. The moments I'm having anxiety around things, like why? Why don't I feel like I can be my truest version of myself or show up as myself? Because when I'm able to do that and when I feel confident in doing that, I have no anxiety. I'm like, let's have fun. Let's let's go. So that's something to think about. And I feel that this comes up in clothes, specifically with pregnancy for me, because I feel not confident in like many of my options because I'm a jeans person and pregnancy jeans just kind of suck. And so then you're left with dresses and I'm just like not a dress girl. And I get really worked up and anxious over like, you know, we had a meet and greet for Squash's school and I'm already thinking about our back to school night. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to wear? Like, I just want to show up in a sweat set. And I gave myself permission for school pick up and drop off. Who the fuck am I trying to impress? You know, like I feel there's this push for like everyone to look so cute at these things. That is just not my reality. And I don't think it ever will be like we are having playtime and running around the house until the second we leave. Like I'm just most of the time going to be 99% of the time in sweats, athletic clothes, or quite honestly, glorified pajamas. So I gave myself that grace by setting the tone very early with the first week of school drop-offs of like, this is what you're going to get from me. And by giving myself permission, I feel great about it. Come on in, take a seat. I talk a lot about my pregnancies in this episode and how they differ from each other, my thoughts on the age gap in terms of how it has impacted my pregnancy, and what I am doing to prepare for this postpartum differently than the first. And while many things are different, I can confidently say that there is at least one consistency between the two pregnancies and the planned postpartum experiences, and that is my morning AG1. I am not exaggerating when I say I do not miss a morning. Even if I am traveling, I have my AG1 with me. Actually, well, especially if I'm traveling. Last weekend, when we were at my cousin's wedding in Maine, Joe and I made sure to pack all the travel AG1 packs we would need because not only is our favorite way to start our mornings, but also you better believe I need the extra immunity support and energy with those long drives and the late nights we had. I gave AG1 originally a try because I wanted increased energy and immune system support, and now it is such a staple in my routine. I take AG1 first thing in the morning after my meditation during my like solo time that I have every single morning that is pivotal to me and it makes me feel ready to take on my day. One of my favorite parts about AG1 is that as a busy parent trying to do all the things I am doing, I never have to worry about whether I'm running low. AG1 is delivered to our front door monthly so I never have to even think about it. One last thing to worry about is a massive win in my book. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash FFF. That's drinkag1.com slash FFF to check it out. Okay, let's talk about this past weekend, or I guess now that you're listening, it was two weekends ago. 
my cousin's wedding. I had so much goddamn fun. I fucking love weddings. I'm not kidding. Like, I can't really put this out in the universe now because I'm pregnant and about to have a newborn. And then, like, I have two children, so it's not as easy and feasible. But had I said this before having kids, I would have meant it wholeheartedly. If you invite me to your wedding and it's local, I will show up and be on the dance floor the entire night. Like, I thrive at weddings. It is where I have the most fun. I love a wedding dance floor more than maybe like top tier favorite things. And it was just so much fun because it's my cousin who lived with me every summer growing up then. And obviously our family is very close, as you can probably tell, because I annoyingly share about them all so much. And then we went to college together. So we were in the same group of like nine girlfriends and we even lived together in like a group of four for two of those four years. So we're extremely close, but this was like my everything wedding, right? Cause it's my family who I love so much and it's all of my college girlfriends. So I was so excited. I'm not going to lie. There was a large part of me that like was frustrated by the fact that I was so pregnant going into this because I'm like, this would be the best weekend ever for me just to like have so much fun, let loose, whatever. And the reality is that's just not totally possible being eight months pregnant. If you catch my, I mean, really, I'm talking about like doing shrooms and an edible. I'm like, I want to be fucking thriving on, or an edible. I'm not going to do both. But that's like my, that's my time to be with my girls, be on a dance floor, have fun with everyone, like just live my best life in these child-free moments. And that was not my reality, being nine months pregnant. Also just the discomfort of my body. I was anxious going into this because I knew we had a five-hour drive, two in three days. And the fact that I was gonna be like there all day long getting ready and then at the wedding, et cetera. I was pretty stressed about how physically I was going to feel because I'm not gonna lie, this pregnancy kicking my goddamn ass. And we will get into that. But- We head up there Friday morning and we're like, all right, guys, well, guys, it was me, Joe and Tyler, Lucy's boyfriend. Let's leave like first thing in the morning. I want to beat the traffic. I want to get there so I can spend time with my family because everyone else had gone up to this like kind of resort area that week of and they all spent time together, but we couldn't go because it was Squash's first week of school and we weren't bringing him. So et cetera. And I didn't want to leave him for that long. So I was having FOMO. So I'm like, I want to get up there first thing possible. So we left at the ass crack of dawn, 5.45 a.m. on Friday, and have lunch, hang out with everyone, chill, have time for an afternoon nap. I have my whole game plan. And we are making such good time, okay? We didn't hit any traffic. We're so proud of ourselves. We're like, look at us go. We are driving, and we have an hour left. We're in somewhere in New Hampshire, the state that actually, no. I forget what state we were. I guess we're in Maine already. I don't know geography. I've missed it all because when I transferred schools, they did one in fifth grade and the school I transferred to after fourth grade, they did geography in fourth grade. So I missed it. That's not really an excuse anymore because I'm now 32, but I still suck at geography. So I can't remember what state we were in, but we were an hour away. And all of a sudden we're in the left lane of the highway and out of nowhere, one of the back tires feels like, like it just starts making this crazy noise. And we're like, what the fuck is happening? And the car's kind of vibrating. And I'm like, did we get a flat tire? And Joe's like, no, because it would feel like pulling to the that side. And 
it doesn't feel that way. But then within seconds, every single like faulty error message (laughs) starts flying up on the dashboard. Joe's like, what the fuck? So thankfully within seconds, he was able to get into the right-hand lane and we happen to be near an exit. He exits. Right when you pull off this exit, there's some like funeral home. We pull into the funeral home. As we pull in, we can't even make it up the driveway to get to their parking lot. The car just stops. It literally just stops moving. And we were like, what in God's name is happening? We turn it off and then he tries to turn it back on and it makes the most horrific sound and a really bad smell starts to come through. And I'm like, okay, this feels like it's going to blow up. So please don't do that again. And we all look at each other like what just went down? Meanwhile, yes, this is the brand new car that it's not brand new. It was used, but like barely used. It's a 2022 model, I think, or 2021. And we had just gotten it maybe two months ago. I can't remember. Like, I think it might might have been two to three months. And so I call the like Audi, repa- I don't know, roadside assistance. And immediately I'm like, hey, okay, so I'm eight months pregnant. I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to milk that. There's no fucking chance I'm not. And our car just shut down. And now we're in this parking lot where we can't turn on the car. So there's no AC. It was so hot. And I'm really overheating. Like, I think we need a tow truck, whatever. So a tow truck comes. They were honestly great. They came so fast. I think because I said I was pregnant. When we get to the Audi dealership, it like, I guess people are experiencing this. I have no idea. Something about peace that the manufacturer effed up in Audi's Volkswagen's Porsche. And I forget what the fourth one is that maybe shares the same manufacturer in Germany. And they were like, yeah, it's going to be a few weeks. So thankfully they gave us a loaner, which like they said they only gave to us because I was pregnant because they had a two week wait. I don't know if that's real or not, or if they were just trying to get in our good graces, but I will take it. So we drove the loaner. We eventually get there, like all is well. We had the best weekend. Our car is still in New Hampshire. Very unclear what's happening there. Like they said to us at the dealership at the New Hampshire one, like that we will have to come back to get it. I tried to explain to them that I'm having a baby in a few weeks and we live in New Jersey. So like the reality of that happening is very low, but we'll figure it out. I mean, if anything, Tyler, I guess, can have like a family trip. Who the fuck knows? But I think we're going to call our dealership and be like, hey, so we just bought this car and it shut down on the freaking middle of the highway. Can you please figure out a way to get the loaner back and get our car back to us? Because like this was really all their fault. Like it's not like we did anything. So we get there. We had such a fun time. It was just, I feel so blessed to have such an incredible group of females in my life between my family, who is just this shit. Like it is so fun being with them. I love it so much. We revert back and I don't mean in a bad way, but like revert back to being kids. And it's just so much fun being with my cousins. It brings me so much joy. And I love as a sister, I love now that I'm older watching my mom and her sisters interact with my grandma because you get to see this dynamic where I don't think I ever noticed it as a kid, but now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, mom, you get annoyed with your mom over the same shit. And like you bicker with your sisters over the same stuff we bicker. Like observing it where now I realize my mom is a daughter, if that makes sense. And taking this step back is so enjoyable to me. I don't know why. I just, I love it. I love watching the dynamics. It's so funny to me. 
it's so fun to all be together. And we had this awesome like bed and breakfast, Water Street Inn, I think it was called, in Kittery, Maine, where we rented the whole thing out because there are only eight rooms. So like our entire, everyone outside of the bride's family, like so the rest of our family, cousins, et cetera, all stayed there. So we had like the common area to ourselves. It was basically like one big house with different rooms. It was so much fun. Being with my college friends just brings me so much joy. And I know I talked about this in the episode with Deanna that we can link in the show notes, but our group of girls, like, we were extremely close during college, but also some of us played sports, some of us didn't. Like there were little subsets. And then post-college, I personally just struggled a bit with like, where do I fully fit in? What are my individual relationships? Like as we kind of matured, some people became closer, some people became more distant, not because of anything anyone did, but it's just the reality. You can't be close with that many people when life is happening and, you know, geographic, all these things. But no matter what, when we're all together, it is just so much fun. And it's like nothing changed. And there's never any bad blood of like not talking all the time or seeing each other all the time. It's just the reality of our lives. And I think as we've gotten older, we've all really come to accept that so that it is just positive emotion towards each other. And it was just so fun. And it's so great to just love. I just love love. Kelly and her husband, their vows, I don't even have words for. I wish I could say that I was a glamorous, just nice tears falling down my cheek, kept it together. I was a hysterical mess. There was one point where I was actually quite embarrassed by myself. Marin and I, my other cousin, we were sitting in the second row together because we like the second row was for, she didn't have bridesmaids, but like we got ready with her, et cetera. We're sitting next to each other and I'm crying already, you know. I cry at every wedding. I love love. But also just the vows were impeccable and emotional and just hit me. But then Kelly says this line about our grandpa who was God's gift to earth and passed and was like Kelly's best friend in life. And she says this line and I start crying so hard that then I kind of started laughing because I was embarrassed by how hard I was crying, but the laughs turned into sobs. (laughs) So I felt like it did look like I was hysterically crying, which like I was, but I couldn't quiet myself. And I was so embarrassed because I'm just like, you need to get your shit together. But I couldn't. I really could not. I was a fucking mess. And then it was just so much fun. Danced all night long. I cannot say no to a dance floor. Don't care if I'm eight months pregnant. I cannot say no. Somehow this lead singer of the band who was incredible was I think two weeks ahead of me, so pregnant, saying the entire night she had heels on. I'm like, bitch, how the fuck are you doing this? She was amazing. It was so much fun. We had a blast. And the next morning, I talk about this in the episode that I'll come out with my mom, like very briefly, but in typical Oaks fashion, like there is just some form of like drama that follows us everywhere. Not drama, but just like production kind of thing. Like it's not bad drama. It's always just like, there's always something. And- we're at this bed and breakfast and it was hot this weekend. Okay. Hot, 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 hot. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to make some wild like weather claim, but it was definitely not seasonal temperatures for Maine at this time of the year. And Kelly will back me up, I think, because I they expected it to be a lot colder. So the power kept going out all weekend, like at the venue and at our bed and breakfast. And my aunt was like, yeah, it's so hot and like thick, humid heat. 
that this is so off brand for like this area that people's alarms were all going off yesterday. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Whatever. She tells me this on Saturday. I pocket it in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm probably never going to think about that again. Sunday morning, we're all lying in bed out of nowhere, blaring sounds coming out of the ceiling of the bed and breakfast. And I'm like, what the fudge is happening? And it's about like 15 minutes before our alarm clocks go off. So honestly, it was like pretty ideal because it actually got everyone out of bed and moving. And we were driving Lucy and Tyler home. And I was kind of concerned of whether they were actually going to get up and get in the car for our like requested departure time. So in the end, it helped. However, if you know me, you know that this is probably the worst way for me to ever enter a day because the entire like house is blaring these alarms. Everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? Cindy is sprinting around. Everyone get outside. Where are you? Where is everyone? Like full panic. And we all go outside. Everyone's like running in and out of the house. The door is open. You can still hear the alarm blaring. We're all like, what the fuck is going on? Finally, we realize like there's no fire. None of us are in danger, but we can't get the alarm to go off. So we try to call the people who are in charge of the bed and breakfast, but like no one stays there overnight. So like they have to get to us somehow, I guess because it was a fire alarm, like it alerts the local fire station, which then these two trucks show up, all these guys get out. Like it was so much and such a production for first thing in the morning that I was so goddamn anxious driving home. I thought I was going to throw up just because it like threw me right into cortisol, overdrive, going to fucking lose my mind. So I was not in the best spirits on Sunday. Physically, I was just in pain. Mentally, that threw me. And I was just tired from everything. So it was fine. I've experienced a lot of changes since becoming a parent, but one that I was not expecting or prepared for is the decision fatigue I feel around food. I was just speaking with a friend recently and I told them how incredibly overwhelmed I feel by food now that I'm responsible for like feeding someone other than myself. And I just feel like grocery shopping, recipe ideation, and cooking takes up so much of my time and it is more draining than I ever could have imagined it being. That is why I love Green Chef so much. Green Chef is an absolute game changer in the world of meal kit companies. They are making eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or simply just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef has got you covered with a wide range of recipes to suit your preferences. Feel your best this fall and satisfy your cravings with adventurous eats made nutritious. Discover exciting new flavors with recipes that feature certified organic fruits and vegetables, sustainably sourced seafood, and unique farm and fresh ingredients. Green Chef helps takes over not only the menu ideation for your meals, but also the grocery shopping. They deliver everything you need for your meals with convenient step-by-step recipes that even the most amateur of cooks can follow. Menu and groceries handled is kind of my dream. Plus, with Green Chef, you are reducing your food waste by up to 23% versus grocery shopping. We recently made this sesame ginger chicken with like sauteed snap peas, cabbage, carrots, and sesame seeds that I am still dreaming about. Go to greenchef.com slash 60 Cameron and use code 60 Cameron to get 60% off plus free shipping. Once again, go to greenchef.com slash 60 Cameron and use code 60 Cameron to get 60% off plus free shipping. We love you, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well.
Now that school is in season, it is time to rely on some easy, quick, and tasty staple recipes for family dinner. And this school year, it is all about Pillsbury Crescent Rolls and the deliciously simple recipes you can create with them. Plus, if you are like me, it will immediately spark memories from your childhood. Growing up, these were one of my absolute favorite parts of dinner and still have me feeling so nostalgic whenever I smell their golden, delicious crust cooking in the oven. Pillsbury Crescent Rolls can be a game changer in your kitchen. Yes, they are a great side as is, but with just a few simple steps, you can fill, roll, and bake and whip up kid-pleasing dinner recipes that won't take all night. Simply roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll and voila, you've got a quick and easy spin on weeknight recipes that will please even the pickiest of eaters. Pillsbury Crescents take center stage as they transform from a side dish to a main attraction. If you need some dinner inspiration, check out pillsbury.com for mouthwatering recipes like pepperoni pizza crescent rolls, chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, and ham and cheese crescent rolls. We all know that time is precious, especially during busy evenings. And with Pillsbury Crescent Rolls, which you can find in the dairy aisle of your local favorite grocery store, you can have dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. Say goodbye to the stress of mealtime and hello to delicious simplicity. So if you are looking for dinner ideas that are quick, easy, and picky eater approved, Pillsbury Crescent Rolls are your secret weapon. Give them a try and discover the joy of fill, roll, and bake for yourself. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com and start your culinary adventure today. Your weeknight dinners will never be the same. Reentry is just so hard for me, especially after having a kid. Like I, okay, how do I word this? I was just at this event and Emily Oster was speaking, who I really like. And she said something like, I think someone asked, what is a lie you were sold about parenthood maybe or something? Okay, now I feel like I can't really quote her because she's kind of like famous. I don't want to misconstrue her words. But she said something along the lines of like, I feel like I was only told how amazing it was going to be. And I didn't fully conceptualize like how hard parts of it can be. And I'm going to use my own words now because I don't want to put words in her mouth. But what I will say is I totally agree. And I never once regret having children. And I'll say children because like I'm about to have a second. I love my son with every fucking fiber in my being. He is my absolute everything. There are times and I feel feel like most people would agree with this, but I'm not going to put it in their mouth and whatever. There are obviously times where I'm like, what would it be like to just have freedom and not have the responsibility of a child? And again, there's no regret. That's just the reality of once in a blue moon, my brain goes in that direction of like, hmm, what would that feel like now after not having it for so long? Like, what would that experience be like? It feels so foreign now. And that's kind of sometimes what will enter my brain upon like certain re-entries where I'm like, oh my God, remember when I used to come home, home from wedding weekends and we could just be like tired and order dinner and veg on a couch and do fucking nothing. And that's just so not the reality anymore. And it's moments like that where I'm like, shit, I got to put on my fucking big girl pants and step up to this plate and just get through this day. So that's what we did. In terms of pregnancy, I did a recent what the fuck is happening to my body? And it didn't blow up. I'm not going to use those terms. But the comments, people were very engaged on TikTok. And it appears many people feel this way. So I'm going to dive in. My first pregnancy, I didn't enjoy. I think I was pretty clear about that. I was like, this kind of sucks in comparison to what I thought it was going to be. I was sold a lie. What's happening? But I got through it. And 
you know, I did think at that time, wow, this would really fucking be a lot harder if I was working in a corporate job that was like in office or if I had another kid, all of those things. Like I was aware of all of the privileges I had and it still stunk. And I feel like that was a walk in the goddamn park compared to this pregnancy. Physically, my body hurts so much more than it ever, ever did during the first pregnancy. And this honestly kind of started like way early on. I am just physically in so much pain. Mentally was not well for the first, I don't know, 14, 16 weeks. Incredibly depressed, this pregnancy. Incredibly depressed. Now, mentally, I feel I'm actually in a good place. I'm just physically beat to shit. Like I, my, everything hurts. And I feel like my first pregnancy, I was driving a new car and this one is extremely used. And again, I don't know if it's because I have a toddler that I'm just like chasing around. So physically I am doing a lot more and I don't get to rest as much and all of that. Also, I have to note, we're in a house and not an apartment. And an apartment that we lived in was like, a few rooms. Okay. There was not many places I could leave something or put something. I was always on one floor and I was between three rooms in a house, especially our house. There are a few floors. I'm climbing up and down stairs more than I ever could have imagined. And again, when we moved here, like I was like, yeah, sure. Stairs, whatever. Didn't really think about this. And you know, it's not something that like I wouldn't have gotten the house over at all, but being so pregnant with all of these stairs is difficult. And also I am just constantly calling Joe from different floors being like, can you please bring me this? Can you please do this? Can you please go get this? Can you please go like to the point where I'm annoyed by myself and he's always willing and he does it all, whatever. But I hate, it's more so I don't feel badly because I'm like physically, I can't, I can, but physically I don't want to, it hurts. And also like I'm creating our child. So like I don't feel badly and he he never makes me feel badly, but it's more so annoying. Like I miss being able to do things on my own. I miss the like independence and ability to just like bop upstairs if I need something, run down. Like I just miss physically feeling well. And this kind of touches on like that life lessons in my 20s episode where I say like we take things for granted until we don't have them. And there's so much I feel is taken for granted just by our bodies functioning. And this pregnancy, especially, I'm like, I can't, cannot, I can't even explain to you, cannot wait to be able to simply roll over in bed, to sleep on my back. Oh my God. I dream. I dream. I dream of the moments post baby like that, even though the sleep in the hospital sucks because those hospital beds are uncomfortable, the IV in your wrist literally hurts more than anything in the world. They are coming in and out of that room every 30 minutes, it feels like, to do a test on you or the baby. There's so many sounds and you're also just like hyped the fuck up on emotions and feelings because you just gave birth and there's a baby crying. So like, I'm not saying that's a great sleep. However, I can lay on my back and I can be squishy. I cannot wait to be squishy. Like I just... The idea of having a squishy belly is the most exciting thing to me. And I said that to my therapist and she's like, I want you to take a second 
to digest that based on like your history with your body and how great that is that you're excited for that. Because as a society, we're like so taught that that's not what we want. I cannot fucking wait. I can't wait to just be able to roll over, like rolling from one side to the other not only feels like an Olympic sport, but my vagina feels like it's going to fall off. The pain I have in my pelvis and my like, I don't know, round ligaments, whatever, and the lightning crotch, it feels like a knife is going up my vagina hole. It hurts so bad. And I can't wait to be able to roll over and not have to pee every 10 seconds. I pee, I get in bed, I read, and then I suddenly realize I have to pee again. And then it's the pain. I got to roll over. Like last night I handed Joe his water cup and he just like sat up in bed. And I looked at him and I was like, the amount of jealousy I feel right now that you just did a sit up basically to just grab this cup of water so easily without even thinking about it is astronomical because that is so far out of my reach of reality. So I can't wait for that. And I'm going to tell you the thing that I am so goddamn excited for is to put on a pair of jeans. And if you were here the first time, I bought a pair of like soft, affordable American Eagle jeans in like two and three sizes bigger than my size so that I could wear them shortly after giving birth. And it was the moment that I really felt like myself. I put them on. I took a shower. I remember I have a photo. I took a shower. I put them on. I put on a t-shirt and I was like, I'm fucking back. And look, I was not back whatsoever. I was so far from back. I didn't get back to myself to this new version of myself for like six months. But I felt like there was a glimmer of hope in that moment. And I can't wait for that moment. I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. So those are the things I'm honestly very excited for. It finally feels like fall weather is here and I truly cannot freaking wait to be able to throw on a cute matching sweat set or leggings and a big chunky cardigan and finally not feel so freaking insanely overheated. I also just got my latest Newly box, so I am in serious fall mode because I am obsessed with my latest picks. Thanks to Newly, I have a whole new closet to pick from. Newly is a subscription clothing rental company that allows you to have fun and get creative with your style. They have everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. I love that I can play around and explore my style with Newly because I have no buyer's remorse around impulse purchases. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month and access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. Some of my favorites like Free People, Anthropology, Madewell, Year of Ours, and so many more. They offer inclusive sizing going up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. So for all my fellow pregnant people out there, there are such cute options available. Talk about an ideal setup for maternity clothing because there's no need to purchase and deal with all of the stuff after you give birth and like no longer have a need to wear them. They even carry my favorite maternity brand, Hatch. With fast and free shipping and returns, the items arrive right at my door and I have the option to buy the pieces I rent and fall in love with, sometimes up to even 70% off. I just got the cutest Levi's denim jacket with shirling sleeves and hood and I can guarantee you that I will be wearing it all freaking fall long. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code Cameron20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code Cameron20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code Cameron20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes.
As I near the end of this pregnancy and gear up for the upcoming labor and delivery, I am so freaking grateful for my decision to find a local OBGYN versus commuting into the city. I absolutely loved, loved my OB from my first pregnancy. But when you are this pregnant, it is so uncomfortable to simply exist, let alone commute and travel. And the idea of schlepping into New York City for all of my appointments right now seems incredibly miserable, especially when I'm now a quick drive, like less than 10 minutes from my new doctor. All that being said, I was very stressed about finding a local OB. Thankfully, I had ZocDoc to help. ZocDoc is your go-to place to find and book amazing doctors who are not only top rated, but also accept your insurance. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. We are talking about booking appointments with thousands of top rated patient reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. I historically just fall in love with doctors that don't take my insurance. And then I catch myself in these positions where I'm like, but I love the doctor so much. I don't want to leave, but I'm wasting so much freaking money. So when we moved here, I really was determined to only turn on the filter for our insurance and find doctors that I loved. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Cameron and download the ZocDoc app for free and then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com slash Cameron. ZocDoc.com slash Cameron. I will say the thing I'm most excited for going into the first delivery, I think I was very, I don't know if I was nervous necessarily for postpartum, but I was like, I just had no context of what it was going to be like. I had no idea, right? Because obviously, why would I? And I just feel this time around way more prepared and way more like I can do this with the lived experience I've had and therefore excited for parts of it. Like I cannot wait for the newborn scrunch cuddles and contact naps. I I can't wait. I simply can't wait. I'm working my goddamn butt off over the next five weeks to prep for this maternity leave because it's a really confusing thing to do in this industry where, and I'm not even going to begin to complain about my job. I love my job and I'm so incredibly blessed, privileged, and grateful. There needs to be so much work done in this country around parental leave. And from my glimmer of work, what I'm experiencing is I could take this as an opportunity to do a ton of fucking content, to pump out partnerships because there's a lot of brands that, you know, postpartum is applicable, et cetera. And it's end of October, November, and December, potentially the busiest months as a content creator and the largest financial opportunities because people have year-end budgets that they potentially have cash to spend or money to spend, but really around the holidays, et cetera. They're always big, lucrative months. So there's a lot of privilege in me choosing to do this. However, It shouldn't be like having a child is such a fucking life-changing experience and something that you will only experience with that said child once. And I wish we gave more time and respect and understanding to people after birthing a goddamn human. And I am leaning into that fully and being like, you know what? No, F corporate America, F the like idea that more, more, more is better. I am leaning into the mother I want to be. 
I'm in my soft girl era, I think, during this period of my life, where I'm just leaning into motherhood as much as I can. And so for me, I am putting aside my work and being like, this is the time that I'm going to focus on my family. I don't think we will do this again. So this is my last newborn phase and I want to fully be present for it. And I feel like last time I put pressure on myself to still like show up and do all these things and et cetera. And it really came back to bite me in the ass when I actually returned back to work because I was so not well mentally because I had not really come to terms with so many things in terms of my life changing. And so I really want to give myself that time. So I'm going to do another episode, like either right before maternity leave or the first episode of maternity leave, discussing the guidelines and like what I've decided and all that. But that is one thing I'm definitely doing in preparation for the second versus the first, where I really want to be more strict around boundaries with this because I want to lean the F in to our family. The other thing I'm going to do differently in terms of the second versus the first postpartum is we did decide to have some part-time nighttime help. We did not have any with squash and I would do the same thing over and over again for our first. Like it was, and some people who are listening to this are like, what do you even mean nighttime help? I think geographically in New York, it's way more normalized and also just like based on the setting that I'm in of people and their financial means, it's become normalized to have someone overnight. But I realize in most of America, that is not the case. So I will make that very clear. However, we just were very adamant on like wanting it to be us and just us, the three of us in our home for the beginning. So I don't think we had anyone like a sitter or any type of help until three or four months. And I loved that experience in a way of just really feeling incredibly bonded to squash and responsible and confident. And I don't know. So anyway, I wouldn't change that. However, this time around, and this is taking a lot from Joe to try and convince me, and I know he's right. My biggest fear is that I'm not going to be able to show up for squash in the way that I'm used to. And of course I'm not, that's the reality. But I want to set myself up to succeed as much as possible. And sleep is probably the best way I can do that. So we did find a company that my sister used and I'll share about them once we actually work with them and I have feedback, but they do kind of like more a la carte offering services. So three nights a week, we are going to have someone here from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. so that those three nights we can hopefully sleep. This is also different than the first is I want to try and combo feed from the beginning. For the first, we did only breast milk for the first five months, whether it was directly from my boob 95% of the time or breast milk in a bottle like once overnight, kind of once we found that pattern that, that Joe would give him. But I don't want to put that pressure on myself and again, I want to be able to be more present with squash. And in order to do so, I can't personally, I'm not interested, not that I can't, I'm not personally interested in having a baby on my boob 24 seven. So if we find a way to combo feed again, that's the hope. No plan is set because you cannot have a concrete plan for anything when it comes to delivery or postpartum. Cause the reality is it's not all in your goddamn hands. I wish it was so that hopefully 
they can just give bottles of formula overnight and I can actually be able to sleep. We will see what happens, but that is something that we're doing differently this time around. Honestly, I can't think of many other things we're doing differently this time around because I felt like mentally, sure, I didn't have the best postpartum experience, but it wasn't really the newborn stage. It was more the return to my life and work. And that's something that we're going to have to navigate as the kid gets a little older because it was more months, like four to six. And I feel I was really proud and happy with everything else we did. I will say that because Squash was a May baby, we were going to the beach at three weeks postpartum, which now I look back and I'm like, we were crazy. But we were going to the beach every weekend. And so there was a lot of packing up and traveling and not feeling settled. And that will not be the case. Like I, I am very excited, simultaneously scared, and I'll say why in a second, to have like that fall winter hibernation. I'm excited because I feel like it'll give us the ability to kind of soak in that newborn phase and not feel pressure to like do things. That's also where I think I struggled postpartum wise because it was my like introduction into motherhood and my life changed so much. And with that period of life, it was summertime in the city. And it was like the summer that everyone got vaccinated for COVID, the first round of vaccine. So we were all like, COVID's over, we thought. And the city opened back up again. So everyone was like drinking on the streets, having so much fun. Like it was just a very different feel of New York that I can't even really put into words. It was like nothing I'd ever seen. And I was just like, wait, what the fuck? I'm just like stuck in this apartment breastfeeding. Like, who am I? What do I do? What is my life? Like, what just happened? So I'm excited to not have that like comparative feeling because A, I've already been a mom for two years now. So my life has already drastically changed. I'm already like equipped to be with this schedule and all these things. Like that's already my norm. So I'm excited to hopefully not feel that complete identity crisis and also be able to like hibernate in the sense of stay home, not be traveling, not have all these plans. On the flip side, I am slightly concerned about the like seasonal depression aspect tied into postpartum. It was very nice to have gorgeous weather, to be able to walk whenever and kind of do those things outdoors which will not be the case with this one. In the beginning, I guess it will. So we'll see. I don't know. And the holidays with a newborn could either be a big plus or a big con, a pro or a con. I'm going to do an episode like comparing May babies versus October babies once I have more context of said October baby. And again, it's not even like you can like fully, fully, fully plan. Yes, sure, you can try, but we all know that many people experience fertility struggles. And it's not just as easy as like, oh, hey, come in me. But we shall see what will happen. The other thing I want to quickly note on is the age gap. So again, you can't like perfectly plan these things. But I will say these kids will be like exactly two and a half years apart. And I was always kind of thinking like three years or a little more for an age gap. And there are going to be pros and cons to every side and everyone's decision is going to be so different based on like their current situation and also what they want in life and all of these things. But I will say for us, like this has been a pretty nice age gap in the sense where squash is like a little independent. I think it helps that he's incredibly verbal because he feels older. So he feels more like quite honestly, a three-year-old, but 
it's still tough in the sense of he's still a big mama's boy and like still wants to be carried sometimes. And I'm like, you are fucking heavy and I can't do this. And the other thing that's been nice is now that he's in a twos program, it will give us time to have like time alone in the house with the baby. I'm a little scared for like regression stuff to go down with the combination of school. But I think timing wise, he'll be at school for almost eight weeks before the baby comes. So hopefully he'll be like more accustomed to that routine by the time the baby gets here. We have not potty trained. I don't, I always said we were going to before the baby gets here. We'll see, but I don't want to force it on him. And I just don't think it's like something that we need to do this at this age yet. And again, I do hear about a lot of regressions when like big changes happen. And if we potty train him and then have his baby, I don't want to deal with a regression. Like that kind of sounds like more trouble than just having two kids still in diapers. And the other thing I was thinking is I said to Joe last night, like it's kind of wild that in our like situation, there will be, well, just having two kids. And this is just assuming you get pregnant kind of right away. Obviously it's a lot more time if they're is work that's going into the conception aspect of things. But assuming if you were to just like me in my situation, get pregnant, it's three years at a minimum that are kind of not taken from you. I don't want to say it in that way, but you're not at full capacity as the person like carrying this child and giving birth. Nine months of pregnancy and then call it four months of postpartum, which is like, let's say six months because that's more like the reality. That gets you to what? 50, I can't do math, but like three years, okay, with two kids of really not being yourself. And, you know, some people have glorious pregnancies and maybe they don't agree. I do not. I am not myself. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. Physically, I'm not well. So it's kind of wild because I was in my own feels about my career and all of these things. And I'm trying to be kinder with myself and give myself grace and be like, look what you've done while these three years have been the focus in creating a family. And with that, I said, if I wasn't pregnant now, like squash going to school would have freed up so much time. And I really feel I would have been, it's really, I'm, I'm very much craving the ability to sit down and brainstorm and create and think of new things and work. But that's just not my reality right now. Like the focus is this pregnancy and postpartum and I can stomach that. I'm okay with that. But when I think about it, I'm like, wow, this would have been an opportunity now that he's in school to really like dive in because it's more full-time help in a sense than like we've ever had. And part of me is grateful that I'm pregnant now so that like we'll go through this phase with the second child. And then once they're in school in two years, I'll be able to really double the fuck down. And I had this moment where I was like, okay, I'll be 34 if we're done having kids. Like, I respect so many people who start careers late in their 30s or early 40s. Like there's no limit of when you can start something new and accomplish all of these things. And that gave me a lot of hope. But I'm curious if, I don't know if it's a pro or a con this age gap, because again, I'm not going to live a different experience. What I will say is I personally kind of feel happy that like I'm just stacking that onto this because I almost feel if I got in and then had to come back out, it would be harder for me. But I know some people would disagree. And I know I'll say on the other side, some people say that about having two under two, but like that was of zero interest to me personally. Cause I'm like, that just seems so close. And some people are like, well, if you're in the baby phase and you're just in the fucking baby phase and you don't get out of it, but everyone's so different. 
there was no real point to the end of this show other than that's the age gap. So thanks for listening to my ramble. I mean, had nothing to say. Here we are an hour later, as always. Excuse me. I need to go deal with Charlie because he's barking and it's driving me insane. But I love you. Have a great day. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at, at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.